Welcome to the Atrium Pirateship Podcast. You can find us at www.atriumpirateship.com where we talk about the pirates. It's free and anyone can join. Verified pirates are treated to inside information about HU and HU Athletics. I'm your host, Tariq, a.k.a. Big Reek from the HU Pirateship website, and I'm a 2000 alum. We also have Hampton Knight from the HU Pirateship. What's going on, Hampton Knight? Nothing much, man. It's Monday. Got a case for Monday. Yep, no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> no doubt. I think everybody's kind of feeling it. So um, we'll hopefully start the week right off right. Uh, and the Pirates did that by getting a win over FAMU this week, uh, 33 to nothing. Um, now the Pirates are at 5-5, five and five, and uh, they got uh, they can actually finish 6-5 and five next week if they get the win over Savannah State. But uh, just to back up a little bit, uh, there's, there's a lot going on sports-wise uh, at Hampton now as the seasons are changing. So, you know, f- football season's winding up. Um, and then also basketball season is taking off. So we'll also have some thoughts on, some quick thoughts on um, the men's and women's basketball team as uh, basketball season actually starts this week. Uh, but uh, now as football season is winding down, one of these next shows will really dive deep into the basketball teams and uh, just give some thoughts on what we think they can be and what they're looking like this year. But uh, we still have a football season to wrap up. So, like we said, uh, this week the uh, team beat uh, FAMU with a shutout win, 33 to nothing. So, as always, we'll go through the good, the bad, and uh, some of the other things in between. So, it was a, re- a pretty good game by the Pirates. It wasn't exciting. Um, a, a, you know, it was a dominating uh, performance uh, a, a Dominating performance by the defense, uh, most notably, they held FAMU to 168 yards of total offense. They averaged 2.8 yards per play. Miles um, Grooms got back on track. He had four tackles for loss, one sack, a bunch of quarterback hits. Um, so he was back to his uh, disruptive self. And then Jackson George, I mean, I watched the uh, broadcast, and he was all over the place. So he was making uh, just big hits, big tackles. Um, you know, he was he was a player this week, so – Happy to have him back this week to uh, help the defense continue that strong performance. Um, also, the running game was very uh, was dominant. Um, best game we've had all year, rushing the ball. So, uh, Dwayne Garrett, he had 20 carries for 158 yards, and then Christopher Dukes had 12 carries for 99 yards. So, a lot of room, a lot of big runs, and uh, they just dominated the line of scrimmage and, and took it to FAMU. Um, passing game had some struggles, but the running game, you know, when it's dominant, they never even tried to get that on track, which is a good thing to see. Uh, other good, the team reacted well to the suspensions. So uh, to have a shutout win after, you know, the controversy of the previous week, four starters being suspended, shows that, you know, Maynard has uh, his pulse on the – his finger on the pulse of the team, and he's pulling the right strings to get those guys to pay attention to what he's trying to – uh, communicate to those guys. So um, they reacted well, which is a good sign. And uh, also, maybe one of the best signs of the week, we actually had a tight end who caught a touchdown pass. So Kentrell Richard had a touchdown catch and a touchdown pass, a reception from uh, Watford, if I'm not mistaken. So good signs there to actually use the tight end for once. Um, so, yeah, that's all my good hand tonight. Did I leave out anything, man? Oh, no, you, you did not. Um, I'll just um... – kind of piggyback on a few things that you said. I do think that with the suspensions that Mayer put on the four players, I mean, it goes to show to, I would say, prospective transfers and want to come into the program that this is not a a way station. This is not a destination island if you just want to to just lollygag and, and, and just 
just so you can get playing time. Coach Connell Maynard is a disciplinarian. He's a football coach, and he cares about these students. And he is teaching these young men a lesson that whatever 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 transpires, that you just cannot expect to be able to do these things at this university. And I applaud him and his staff for that. Um, as far as the game is concerned, I mean, we did see Jarrell Antoine pass for two two good um, two touchdowns. And, of course, this is the first time we've seen Dwayne Garrett and Christopher Duke gain, I would say, like over 160, 160 yards. Uh, I mean, no, 200 and uh, over, well over 200 yards in rushing. And, I mean, we just haven't seen that. I mean, now, granted, the opponent for the A&M University is probably one of the worst teams in FCS. Um, I just think that we uh, finally showed uh, what our offense is capable of. And I'm extremely happy to see a tight end catch a touchdown pass. I mean, that was a dimension we have not seen throughout the offense, you know, all year. And I was waiting for it to come out, and I'm glad it did come out against Florida A&M. And, you know, hopefully going into next year, you know, the quarter, uh, the tight end will become more of a, a piece for the offense because if you think about it, the tight end is the closest player to the quarterback that is out running route. So it's a good crutch for a young quarterback who will probably need some sort of help. But um, that's pretty much it. Oh, and I would like to add that uh, Miles Brooms, four tackles for a loss and one sack, that is outstanding. And I know he is an NFL prospect. And, you know, that just looks good on film. It just looks good for a scout. I'm sure that there are a few scouts that, if they were not watching in Bob person, they did catch the broadcast. So, no, I mean, I think that's pretty much all that we could uh, expect. And, that's all that I can say for uh, for the game. Yep, sounds good, man. Just one other thing about those tight ends is like, you know, we actually the tight ends actually look good. You know, a lot of times, you know, we have glorified wide receivers who are tight ends over undersized, two hundred pounds, but we actually have legitimate tight ends. So you know, one of these years we're really going to get them involved. So hopefully this will be the start of that uh, and something to take into next season. Um, so yeah, you know, good game, thirty-three nothing, hard to argue with much there. So the bad, I don't have anything worth complaining about. You any anything to add here tonight? Um, no, I mean no, not at all. That was the, probably the first complete game uh that Coach Maynard has coached. I would say one of the no I mean we did beat uh shut out Delaware State last year. So we I mean we're it this offense shows that it's capable of do, of producing these type of games. And I think that we, we see glimpses of what Carmel Maynard can do for this program. But, you know, we just have to get more of his players in. More, um, he has to, to get, I, I wouldn't say his players, but we have to get the right players to fit that system. I'm not saying that they do not. I'm just saying as the, as the players start to acclimate and to learn more about what uh, he is trying to do, then we will start to see more of these type of games. Agreed, agreed. And one thing I'll add, as I was watching this game, I was, you know, just had an eye towards next year and thinking about what the team will be. Two areas of the team, which I know they're going to be stout, uh, especially on defense. 
The secondary is going to be, I will go on record now and say they're going to be the best in the MEAC unless there's some devastating injuries. I mean, they are deep. A lot of guys they brought in are, are still young, and a lot of the homegrown talent is playing well, and then a lot of the transfers are really starting to to integrate well into the system. So I think that secondary is going to be dominant next year. And then also I think the D-line is going to be play well. Um, they got some young guys. I mean, you can't replace grooms, especially not in one year, but um, they're going to have some, some young guys coming up on the edges who are going to play well. And they also got some, some big bodies in the middle. So I think the defense – going to be nice we'll talk about that you know point you know in, in the offseason in depth but you know they got to replace some linebackers but I think next year the defense is going to be the strength of the team so something to think about as we go into next year and and to watch to see how to perform against uh, Savannah State next week absolutely I agree with you yeah so just one question about next week man of course we uh close up the uh season against Savannah State so I don't really have much to really Add about them. Um, normally, we at the end of the end of the broadcast, we talk about who's coming up next. We can do that now. Um, let's see, Savannah State. They are one and seven. You know, anyone who's familiar with HBCU football, MEAC football, knows how much they struggle over the years. This year, they've been more competitive. Really hasn't turned into a bunch of wins, but you know, you can't com- take them as a complete patsy. But uh, I was just wondering next week seems like Maynard's going to have a decision to make because he's been doing his dual quarterback thing with Watford and Watford and Antoine. So if you are Maynard Hamptonite, who do you start next week and who do you give the lion's share of the refs to with, you know, two different goals? One goal is, of course, to finish 6-5, and five, to double the, wins, double the number of wins from last year and really put the program in the right direction. Or do you play Antoine and continue to get him some quality snaps? Uh, and assuming he's the quarterback next year. So I just want to know, if you were Maynard, which direction would you go as, as far as starting Antoine or Watford next year, next week? That's an awesome question. Um, Connell Maynard, if you are listening, <laughs> I hope not. But um, um, you know what? I would, I would defer to David Watford because this, will probably, this is his last collegiate game. You know, unless if he – has a shot at the pros, whether it's Canadian, you know, the NFL or arena, uh, I would give the nod to, I would say, Watford. But I, but this is Savannah State, and I, I do not want to throw mud on the program, but if we play the way, the way that we played against Florida A&F, then you could play Jarrell Antoine for a couple of, for a couple of quarters as well. And heck, we just see that uh, freshman quarterback Wesley Wolfel. You know, he's I think what six foot three, and he has a cannon of an arm, and he's pretty mobile. You know, I would love to see how that young uh, young gun can do out there. So I would say, hopefully, if the game works into our favor, um, start Watford, let Antoine get it up until halftime, third quarter, late into the fourth. And then let Wesley Wolfel get a couple of snaps. That's if we are blowing them out. I mean, I know they got up and played Norfolk State extremely well on the road. Now, I know if they take that type of attitude towards their last home game against the Pirates, then we will be in for, I would say, a, a dog fight. But I, I would still start Wofford let, and let Antoine play intermittently. Yep, agree. You know, that's a good good strategy, and I hope it gets to that. 
But I, I, I'm starting Watford, and I'm trying to get a biggest, the biggest lead possible, and, I, yeah. and I'm trying to blow them out, and I'm trying to end the year on a good note on an upswing. So hopefully it's real ugly midway third quarter and let just Antoine ride it out. Now the other guy, the third string, is he? He's a freshman, right? So he may be trying to redshirt him. If he hasn't seen the field, they may still be able to redshirt him. Correct. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I have no idea on the whole NCAA redshirting policy. I mean, if he is redshirting, no, you don't play him. But if he's just a freshman, then, yeah, let him get in there. Let him take a little blood on that uh, football field, you know? Yeah. And plus with Savannah State. I would love to just put him up against Savannah State. It's not like he's going up against South Carolina State or uh, A&G. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, we don't even know if the kid will make the Spraddle squad. So yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So yeah, let's. I, I at least want to just see you know see that put see why I put the hammer down and uh, get a big win next week. So let, let's let's yeah. hope that happens. Cool, yeah. man. So yeah, let's let's hope for the six and five finish. I'm expecting mm-hmm. that. I think everyone is uh, on the road as Pirates travel travel to Savannah State next week. Um, but so, hey, the, the MEAC uh, season is winding down, so we can go through the MEAC scoreboard. Some interesting games from this week. Uh, Bethune Cookman uh, beat uh, Florida. Uh, they beat uh, Morgan State 38 to 14. I heard at the end of that game, uh, Morgan State coach was upset, felt Bethune was running up the score because Bethune is trying to get some style points for the uh, at large committee of the playoffs, which, hey, if that's what they were doing, I can't blame them. So they're trying to trying to win big and, and make a name for themselves. So they did that to Morgan State this week. Um, North Carolina Central, they may be doing some of the same thing as well, although I don't think they're really uh, prepared for an at-large bid. But they beat Delaware State 43-10. to uh, Norfolk State struggled against Savannah State, which I thought they would for some reason because it's Norfolk State. They don't score points except against us. Um, so I, <laughs> I figured they would struggle against Savannah State, and they did. Um, and the game of the week was uh, North Carolina A&T beat South Carolina State uh, nine to six. South Carolina State they uh, pretty much dominated most of the game, defensive battle, and they tried a fake punt at the end of the game, which failed, which uh, allowed mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> which allowed uh, North Carolina A&T to to seal a victory. So they they actually kind of helped them out in, on that one. And uh, Stony Brook, uh, Howard lost to Stony Brook uh, nine to fourteen. Pretty competitive game, more than I thought it would be. Um, but uh, hey, good, good, good effort by uh, Howard over the uh, CAA team. So that's the scoreboard. Any any other thoughts on any of these games, uh, Hampton Knight? Um, I'm just gonna say uh, South Carolina State and of course A and T. I mean, that was what you might say a an extreme defensive battle. And I know we could throw point fingers at Buddy Q for going for a fake uh, punt, uh, but his offense is not moving the ball at all. Yeah. And I can understand, uh, like, if, I'm just thinking, if you're going to go for a fake and your defense has been holding them to not even field goals, you know, just three and outs consistently, go for it, you know. Everyone else calls it a bonehead move. No, He's looking for a spark to ignite his offense, you know, and he just didn't get it. Um, as far as the other scores, I mean, I can understand uh, Bethune-Cookman running it up. I mean, you, we have to understand Morgan State was the champions last year. So, yeah, there's some sort of resentment to it. 
And plus, the Phil Cookman does want to get into the playoffs. I mean, I'm sure if Mayo was in that position, he would probably run up the score. And oh, there's, there's pretty, no probably. No probably. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and you know what? And this is the funny thing. 38 points is not – is that really running up the score? I mean, I, I, mean <laughs> I, I know Brian Jenkins is not there anymore. He would have probably tried to get 70 points on the board. And – and back in uh, the Billy Joe days, you know, he was putting up 80 points on people. And I remember uh, he, uh, when Joe Taylor uh, finally got the chance to return a favor, I think when they went down to FAMU, he put up uh, 56 points on FAMU. I think it was 56 or nothing in, I think, uh, 2008 or 2007, 2008. I remember that, yep. Yeah, so, no, I mean, that's pretty much it. You know, I mean, it was was some pretty good good matchups, a lot of blowouts, but, you know, it's typical for this week of the MEAC. Yep, right on. So, like we did last week, we'll also go through the contenders, so we'll, we'll talk about everyone that appears to have some sort of realistic playoff aspirations or postseason aspirations, either the Celebration Bowl or and that large bid in the playoffs. So we'll just go through the three uh, contenders that we seem to have here. So, uh, of course, uh, leading the way this year in the conference is uh, North Carolina A&T. So this, uh, they are 6-0 and in the conference and 8-1 and overall. They're ranked 14th in the NCAA coaches poll for at the FCS level. Only losses to UNC. Uh, coming up, they uh, have Delaware State at home and then they're home to uh, North Carolina Central. So, um, you know, Delaware State, they should win that game comfortably, should. And the North Carolina Central game, that's going to be a toss-up. I mean, that, that game will go either way. So that will be a nice uh, a challenge for them as they uh, try and uh, seal the uh, MIAC uh, um, uh, title. Uh, but yeah, if they win all, uh, both their games, they'll be off to the Celebration Bowl. If they lose either one of these games and, 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 and somehow tie – for the uh, playoff for the conference lead, um, they're, they're probably getting that large bid, especially being ranked as high as 14. I mean, if they lose to Delaware State, I don't know if they're getting that large bid. Um, but if they lose to Central, they make. Central is playing pretty well. Uh, but if they lose both games, they miss out. So, like I said last week, I'm still expecting them to win all three of their games. Uh, South Carolina State was close. But, I mean, they won that game because of their disciplined play and their defense and coaching. I mean, they're well coached and they're disciplined, and they just wait, waited for uh, South Carolina State to make a mistake. And then I think Delaware State's going to do the same thing if it's close, and then Central will probably do the same thing, even though they're well coached. So we shall see. But I expect them to win their, these last two and then head on over to the Celebration Bowl, man. So, and any thoughts on A and T and their prospects? Um, let me just say this. Do you really think Rob Broadway kind of wants to lose a game so they could get maybe uh, get a shot at going to the playoffs instead of playing in the celebration bowl? If I mean, if if if, if, if I hear what I think all of the other coaches do, I mean, look, I mean, you know, coaching at at the HBCU level is is you know kind of cements your career. You're going to stay there. Um, and going to the Celebration Bowl doesn't really help escape those ranks. Like some coaches, yeah. you know, have aspirations of leaving, but if you yeah. win in the playoffs, you will, you know, raise some eyebrows. So I think most coaches have, you know, their eye on the playoffs. So, yes, I would, mm. I would think 
Broadway would rather get to the uh, playoffs. But, I mean, depends on who they lose to. I mean, I think if they lose to Delaware State, I don't know if they get in that large bit. Yeah, I see. Yeah, he's pretty much snake bit right there. <laughs> yep. And, I mean, I just do not see, you know, see uh, them not losing the MEAC. You know, I mean, I know Bethune-Cookman is still in second place, but, you know, they did lose to Delaware State. So, you know, they are pretty much cemented at the second uh, at at the number two spot. So, I mean, I I think the coaches poll show, um, the FCS show, uh, when it when they showcase the uh, the FCS playoff rankings, you know, that is probably going to be the most watched time for the MEAC to find out if we did get a, a at large bid. You know, I mean. Do I think that we can get two programs in? Uh, I don't think so. No. I mean, yeah, we probably could just get. We probably could get only one in. I would say that would be Bethune Cookman, and I'm just. Uh, I mean, I, I I would hope to see them in there, and I'm sure there will be a time where um, the Miac will probably win a playoff game. And, I mean, we could talk about that for ad nauseum, about, you know, why we lose these games, continuously lose these games. But we will. That we, is, will. we will during the offseason. Yeah, we, yep. we will during the offseason. And I think that that's something that that's just, you know, we can take. I mean, we, you can have, a, I would say, a philosophical conversation on that. And, and there's been a scholarly article written on that already. So I would love to bring that up when that time comes. But, you know, as far as the standings um, are concerned, A&T is probably going to go to the Celebration Bowl. They'll probably either play Grambling State, who I think is like the number one team, I think, in that, in that division. I think they're pretty much going to win the slack. And, you know, hopefully Bethune will probably get in that large bid. They'll probably be on the road and play another program, and uh, hopefully they'll be successful this year. That's pretty much it. Yep, that's it. That's it. But you know, miracles do happen. So let's let's talk a little bit about Bethune's uh, schedule here. Actually, they're ranked twenty third this week in NCAA Coaches Bowl. So that's pretty good to be ranked in the top twenty five. Their only yeah. losses are still to Miami and A and T, and their last mm-hmm. game is in the Florida Classic against, against FAMU. So it's a rivalry game. So, but anything can happen. But if this FAMU team shows up that we just saw this week, it'll be a rout, and they're still going to be trying to get those style points. So. Um, I expect them to actually beat FAMU and went out like we said last week, and I, they should get that at large bid. Um, yeah. I think talent, they're, ta- they're as talented as just about any FCS team they'll face in the playoffs. But it's that discipline, man, that that's what will, will shock them in the fact that they seem a little bit uh, skittish, skittish to throw the ball. But if they actually throw the ball like they can, I've seen them do, and play discipline, they'll have a good shot against anybody because they're, they're, they're physical and they can match up yeah. physically against anybody. Okay, well, see, and that's the thing, you know. I mean, we and we talk about this a lot. Um, they are physical. You know, physicality is a big component in this game. But if you have a problem throwing a football and run, and the defense is going to load up that box consistently. Now, their, court, their starting quarterback, I think, is not even six feet tall. I mean, he's not, he's not J.J. Williamson small, but he is a small guy, and he has trouble finding throwing lanes. So that will be a serious problem if he's playing, I would say, 
top-ranked FCS talent, you know. Mm-hmm. That would be something to exploit. But as far as them playing Florida A&M, I mean, Florida A&M didn't even look like a a Division One school who we played. I mean, I mean, I hate to talk about their players, but, I mean, that situation down there in Tallahassee is it's a mess, you know. You have Earl Holmes players, and I, I really feel sorry for Alex Wood. I mean, he stepped into a situation where it's like a complete fire cell. And so he's basically just saying, get these guys out of here. I need to get my guys in here. And I think his turnaround time is probably going to be at least his full contract and probably deep into a second contract. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So at least at least the three years, at least. Yeah. Especially with the new transfer rules, you just can't bring in any old, you know, any dudes. Yeah. You got to bring guys that will graduate and uh, fit. So you got to bring in quality guys, and you got to build up people. So it's going to take a while. Yeah, as we with our own squad. So it's gonna absolutely. So hey, the last contender we have is uh, Central. So they are at five and one quietly. Quite a quiet five and one in the MIAC and six and three overall. Um, their only losses are the city lost to Bethune, and then a bunch of uh, and then two other uh, division uh, BCS schools. So they finish up the season at Howard and at A and T. So if they win all their games and get some help, they could back into the Celebration Bowl. Potential at large, a long shot. I don't see it happening. They probably won't get into the celebration bowl, but hey, they could finish uh seven and one in the MIAC and uh be runners up again two years in a row. So um they could back in, but I'm not expecting that. So but you know, a good good look for the uh central team as they as they finish up the season. But I think they'll finish seven and one and miss out on the entire postseason. Oh, definitely agree. I mean they're they're they've been basically the bridesmaids yep. to to the MIAC and you know, the bas- their basketball team has always been king for the past couple of years, um, past couple of seasons. Um, I just don't see them, you know, winning the MEAC or getting an at-large bid. Basically, next week will be their last week. Agreed. Agreed. Yep. So, good season for them, no matter how it shakes out. And uh, and our, our last contender from last week, South Carolina State, is out. They lost a and so... They pretty much uh, don't have any other postseason aspirations. So, good strong season for them is supposedly a, a rebuilding year. So, that's the end of our contenders. Um, so, we can now shift over to basketball season. Uh, won't get too in-depth with that, uh, but uh, basketball season does start this week quietly. Um, for the ladies, uh, the women, they, they play this week at Iowa State in Ames, Iowa this Friday. So I think they're they're a big ten big ten team, so they should be streaming this game. You can pick it up online and see what the Pirates look like. Um, junior guard uh, Malia Tate, the Freitas, uh, MEAC season preseason player of the year. Um, senior guard uh, Ryan Jordan, she's a third team preseason All MEAC selection. And the team by the MEAC uh, sports information directors um, were picked to finish second. Um, in the MIAC, and they got 10 first-place votes. Um, so they're right up there. They're not going to win, or they're not predicted predicted to win, but I wouldn't be surprised if they did. I think uh, they're going to be strong defensively, as they normally are. Um, they're going to be able to score some points when they need to, but I think the thing that's going to slow them down this year is their size. 
so um, they don't have a lot of post presence, it appears, this year. So I think they're going to struggle a little bit in the post and defensively and with rebounds. So, um, But, you know, we'll dive into a little bit deeper. But just looking at the roster, they're going to have some depth, some size issues. But they'll be competitive, and they'll they'll probably get some out-of-conference uh, out uh, wins like they normally do and be uh, strong finishers in the MEAC. So and any thoughts on the ladies? You know what? I think it's pretty much disrespectful. I mean, and I hate to sound arrogant about about uh, our women's team, but they they have pretty much proven that they could they could hang with any team, especially in the MEAC. And I think that the second place um, prediction is. I mean, I could live with it. But I am not happy with it. Uh, I do notice, notice that they did uh, lose out on some some height. You know, there was a particular recruit that was supposed to come in, and she was supposed to add depth, or actually, she was going to add size to the actual lineup, and she is not on the roster. Um, I'm sure that there is a reason why she probably didn't qualify for the university, but. I think had she been on the roster, we would have gotten the first place vote. But, you know, a vote is a vote, and, you know, you have to actually go out there and play. So I got a lot of faith in David Six. I think we, he can probably – you probably have to go back to what he's normally good uh, – what his team normally does. They play small ball, small defensive ball, and it's pretty much hell on the end for any of the uh, opponents because – there's this relentless, you know. It reminds me of that Nolan Richardson 40 minutes of hell defense that he had in Arkansas. So um, I just think that uh, that this team probably would be, I would say, a team that will somewhat sneak up on people, even though I know they have them at a second place uh, vote. You know, but people are not expecting a lot out of this team. And I'll be um, presently surprised to see uh, uh, Hampton um, already in first place, I would say, at least about four games like towards the end of the season. Yeah. Already wrapped up the conference. Yeah, agreed. It, it wouldn't shock me. I mean, even though, you know, teams in a conference are, you know, have seen what Six has to offer, once you really hit the court and, and play against that, that style of defense that they play, I mean, you know, it, it takes a while to get used to it. Um, we, we've seen, you know, big-time programs struggle with it early on or throughout the entire game, and then I still think the MEAC teams will struggle with it as well. So look for them to challenge and be there at the end and overcome some of those deficiencies as they work on some of their other uh, things that they will do well. Um, but uh, also this week, the men start their season. Um, they start at Winthrop. Winthrop? Yeah, in Rock Hill, South Carolina, next Saturday. Um so Quentin Chivas, uh, he was uh, selected the first team preseason uh, MIAC list at the uh, small forward position. Brian Darden got second team uh, guard. Javon Presley, uh, third team center. And then uh, they were also finished to, uh, uh, picked to finish second uh, in the MIAC behind North Carolina Central, and they got uh, nine first place votes. Two big losses this year. Um, we were expecting last year to have all five starters back, but of course, Deron Powers left uh, for interesting reasons that uh, we're not completely aware of. And uh, Dwight Meikle, he actually suffered an ankle injury uh, this summer, I think, and he had surgery, and he's out at least until the spring semester. So 
we'll see how he rebounds. So we're going to miss him, and uh, we'll miss Powers as well. But we got some good guys coming back. So um, I'm not really sure what to make of the team. They have a really tough uh, opening uh, schedule, so they're basically going to be on the West Coast for much of the season. I think they'll be strong in the MEAC, but um, we want to see them play a whole season strong, and they haven't done that under Joyner yet, and I want to see that this year. Um, this will be a good test because they got the guys to do it. So, um, I, you know, I expect for them to, to, to challenge, but we just need to see them do it because they have the talent. And apparently they got some young freshmen in place where they're really excited. Got some freshmen at 6'9", and with some size, skills, and talent, uh, which we don't normally get at the freshman guys, you know, big freshman men who act, who can actually play. Um, so apparently we have that, and uh, we'll go into that a little bit later in a couple of weeks. But um, they should be competitive, got some depth, young talent, old talent. I'm expecting them to compete. So any thoughts on, on the men's uh, team this year? Uh, absolutely. Um, oh, and I found the name of that person, uh, Taylor Pate. She's a six foot five, uh, centerpiece that coach six recruited. Ah. Obviously she is not on the roster and, you know, but I'm sure that she will probably, hopefully she'll be on there, uh, second semester. But, um, as far as the men is concerned, I mean, just going through our schedule for the first 10 games, uh, we have Winthrop. I mean, that I'm not saying that that's a difficult program, but you see Northern Arizona, SMU, Colorado. I mean, ugh, these are some. These are some pretty. I mean, I mean, these are uh, I would say are winnable games, but it's going to be tough. Yes. Um, and but when we look at our roster, though, uh, we have some really players, some really good recruits that I am extremely excited about. Um, there is one in particular, Trevon Barnes. He's a six foot nine, two hundred pound uh, forward out of Lafayette, Alabama. Seen him play a few times. Uh, I would consider him. He 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 has some hops. You know, he's a good dunker, but I do think that he probably would need to work on. You know, his overall game. He is a small forward, um, and you rarely see that height for somebody who could play a small forward in the NBA. Normally the player, if he's six foot nine, he's like a power forward, or sometimes he's a center. But um, I do think that Maynard got, not Maynard, I'm sorry, Ed jo- Buck Joyner right. got a gym, Buck Joyner got a gym in Trevon Barnes. Um, as far as the lineup is concerned, um, Dwight Nickel being out, you know, it is a problem. But we did play uh, a good portion of the season without him, so I'm sure that the players know how to adjust to him to his absence. Uh, with Deron Powers, that was a I would say significant part of our offense. You know, he was a guard. But if you look at our um, but if you look at our, our roster, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guards on the roster. So I'm sure that there is a guard that's suitable enough to step in, you know, and run the run Bucks offense. And you know, I mean, you you, you never know. Hopefully, there's a guy just as good, or if not better, than Duran that is on the roster already. So I'm sure that the coach coaching staff is not worried about it. I mean, they they pretty much have their guys in uh, in play. And I'm excited about what the possibilities are. And I do agree a second place finish is probably 
probably uh, on point with what the SIDs are saying, and you just got to see how it plays out. Yep, agreed. You know, the more interesting part about this is that so Central has picked the win, uh, the, at least the regular season uh, title, but they've got like a completely, they're going to have, I think, five new starters, if I'm not mistaken. So their first place finish or predictive finish is completely on the strength of Moten and his coaching <laughs> and his coaching skills, not on, not on the talent. So that's, that's very interesting to see how, you know, we can overcome that uh, supposed deficit because Moten is a, is a great coach. Uh, but that's interesting that they're, I think that ranking is strictly off his, his, his coaching acumen. So, We'll see how we compete against those guys and, and against the rest of the MEAC, but it should be an interesting year for the Pirates. Um, Absolutely. Yep, indeed, indeed. So, yeah, we, we can get some more into that. I mean, that game should also be streaming out of Winthrop, so you can watch them this Saturday and uh, see what they look like as well. So we'll, we'll be back next week to wrap up the uh, football season and, and just give some thoughts on what we can see from the uh, men's and women as they open up the uh, basketball season this week. Um, so that's pretty much it for me, Hampton Knight. Anything else to add about uh, this week for the Pirates? Uh, no, pretty much. That's pretty much it. You know, I'm just expecting, I would say, I would predict the score for Hampton and Savannah State. I would say Hampton wins. I, I say this is their last game. I'm talking about Savannah State. You know, they played North State pretty close. I would say it would be closer than what we thought. So I would say Hampton wins 24 uh, 17, and but you know it could be 42 nothing. But I'm hoping that it's that it's it's for more 42 nothing. Yeah, me too. I, I'm I if if Savannah State scores, it's probably going to be special teams. Absolutely. Yep. So I mean, we we should dominate defensively, and and uh, offense should take care, and uh, that's what I'm looking forward to. So. Hey, thanks a lot, man, and uh, we'll be back online next week. Go Pirates. Go Pirates.